Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm the third Cole, Michael Cole. And I am Jesse Shanechura. Welcome to episode 105, Battle Bowl 93. Ready, set, Battle Battle Bowl. Bowl. If you say it three times, if you say it three times in the mirror, maybe it disappears, or maybe it shows up and kills you. I think if you say it three times, Shockmaster appears. (laughs) Shocky in the flesh. (laughs) This is the only Battle Bowl pay per view produced by the WCW. We're using the gimmick that was used at Starcade '91 and '92. It would take place on November twentieth. 1993 at the Pensacola Civic Center in Pensacola, Florida, with an attendance of 7,000 people. Hey, hmm. they, they jumped up from those the Halloween house. Those poor, poor people. Those Floridians don't know what they're doing true. anyway. <sighs> Very true. I can't say that. I've only been there like twice, but... I know they can't drive for shit, Florida's but I've always enjoyed my time in Florida craziness. when I was there, which... Well, that's not true. Enjoyed the time half the time. The two times I've been to Florida, once was great. Absolutely wonderful. The other one was, I was in Homosassa, Florida. Not a cool place. Don't go there. The only time I've ever been in Florida, I was at the happiest place on, on earth. So oh, yeah. yes. I've been, that was one of my times there. And then the other time we went to Tampa because my niece won tickets off the radio to go see the uh, Backstreet Boys. That's tour. tight. Backstreet Boys rule. So I got to be her chaperone to fly to Tampa and go see the Backstreet Boys with, I think Mandy Moore was the opener. Hell yes. All of this rules. LFO or something like uh, that. Was... LFO, not so tight. But some people like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> Sometimes <clears throat> Chinese food makes you sick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. I know the chorus. But we're in Florida. So Shane... What deliciousness did you bring us this time? Well, in Florida, we've been here a couple times now. Uh, Not necessarily to Pensacola, but I believe we've done mimosas. We had those awesome fried fish Rubens. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, fucking incredible. When I I think of Florida, I think of... Citrus? uh, No, I mean, it's a place that... Older people go to retire, so you know. I think of the Golden Girls, and on Golden Girls, they eat a lot of cheesecake. I uh, also looked up to see what the signature dessert of Florida was, and apparently, it's key lime pie. Um, so good choice. Good choice. Yes. Figured we'd merge those together, and not necessarily a battle bowl, but a battle of key lime and cheesecake put together. Actually, tastes kind of good. It's great. Um, I love cheesecake. I love key lime flavored things. Key lime pie. You did a great good job. Choice. You did a great job. Hey, great choice. Uh, I've Water only spent. only ever been to uh, props cheesecake factory twice in my life. This being number two. 
And both times, I've only ever had cheesecake there. The first time, it was just plain cheesecake because I wanted to see That's if they the could at least do clean cheesecake, right? True, yeah. The, like I've been there to eat maybe once, but I've been there to get cheesecake maybe like a half a dozen or so times. It's where you been, just go there, pick up the cheesecake, and bounce. It's been over 20 years since I've had a piece of cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Because, yeah, the, the last time was in Denver. When I went to uh, visit some friends who were living out there, and yeah, they took me to Dave and Buster's for my first experience uh, at Dave and Buster's, and then went to Cheesecake Factory for my first. I'm cheesecake. sure if you ate a meal at Dave and Buster's and ate a meal at Cheesecake Factory, probably be about the same. Probably so. <laughs> but Dave and Buster's is probably maybe. not as good of a cheesecake. You might have more fun at Dave and Buster's. Yes. But the cheesecake would be more delicious. Yeah, yeah. At cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, uh, you play skee ball until uh, your arm falls out of socket, and then you face plant into a cheesecake afterwards. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good night. Yes, the uh, key lime cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. It's got a vanilla crumb crust. It's tart and creamy filling. Uh, it's a lime cheesecake, guys. Yeah. Get on it. You can't go wrong. It's, it's delish. I'm going to keep taking bites throughout this whole thing, so... Mm-hmm. You you are gonna deserve it, and it'll probably make this more enjoyable for you if you just dole out the cheesecake as you go. Well, even though he's gonna enjoy those through the entire episode, right now, the same time as Battable Bill Bixby, aka David Banner, aka the Incredible Hulk, would pass away the next day. Oh damn it! I mean, kind of ties in. Kiwi pie, it's green. Uh, if you slowly eat that, it's still you're still probably going to get mad enough to turn to the Incredible Hulk by the time we finish the show. That's very good. Yeah, it all ties all ties together, yeah. man. If I eat enough of it, eventually, you know, the clothes are just going to start ripping <laughs> off of me. <laughs> yeah, you might not look like the Incredible Hulk, but it'll still probably be incredible. Now, that show is definitely older than me and Michael. Shane, were you... I watched... Some I'm trying to think. I now. think you're probably, you were probably like five, five or so, probably when that show came on. I gotta look now and see exactly when it was. I know the so theme I, song, but I know it from probably like reruns on like Sci-Fi Channel. Just like catching. I mean, that's the thing. Is and then of course there's like the Family Guy yeah. joke from you know a decade ago. It started the year I was born, so yeah, it ended just before my fifth birthday. So. I remember so watching some in reruns. So you're even a little young yeah. to watch the original. But I think we've probably all caught an episode or oh, two. Yeah, yeah we all see Lou Ferrigno in Green Paint. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and we all know the theme song. And it was like not not the superhero kind of thing that we're all used to now. It was each episode was kind of like a just a bottle episode, right? Is kind yes. of the show. It's like I he's mean, just was, he's just hitchhiking across. He's hitchhiking across the America. Yeah, trying and, not to be the Hulk ends up being the Hulk. Something happens. And he moves on. Like by season three, I believe the reporter starts putting it all together. If I remember correctly, Uh, because I've watched quite a bit of it, Um, he starts putting it. So the stories start kind of tying into each other a little bit more by season three. Yeah, they made it a little bit more serialized at that point. Yeah, I've always been vaguely intrigued by it, but it's like, do I really need to watch this? The show itself isn't that great. I mean, it's. It's a 70s yeah. drama. I mean, yeah. so it's kind of slow. and. But I mean, it's got the uh, hokiness of like, the sci-fi superhero thing where it's like, 
Yeah, it's a drama, but like how how dramatic can we get when a guy's got big a big guy's got green paint all over? You see the back swelling, mm. and then all of a sudden he turns around and it's a different person. The theme song is like all I know is the clothing budget on that show <laughs> through the roof. I mean, the credit song is very sad, so it uh, it is, one it is very be- very it dramatic. is one of the best theme songs out yeah. there. Is it the same theme for the opening, or is because I always assumed it was the end. I think it's just the, the, the end okay. whenever he's walking off. And it is great. It's one of those things that, like, I love it, but it makes me, like, inherently sad. Kind of the same with, like, for some reason, I love the Cheers intro, but that Gary Port- Portnoy song, there's something inherently, like, kind of, like, sad and haunting about it. There is, but as far as great then, you know, theme songs, yeah, I can't put it up there. I, I got it's a good. I mean, it's hard a good to pick one, a favorite. My my all time favorite is still to Taxi. Day. No. Taxi's got a great one. Greatest American Hero. Sam and Mash guy. Great theme song as well. Walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. Yeah. Flying away on a ring and a, a ring, a wing and a prayer. I'm more of a uh, who could it be? Wayne's Brothers. Uh... <laughs> 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 Sorry, I had to, had to make the poll. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard to pick a favorite uh, theme song. Of course, any show you like, you learn to love the theme song. Yeah, that's true. And there's some like The Mash, where as a kid, I always change the channel when Mash was on. And I know that I'm going to love Mash as an adult, but I haven't quite gone down that. But I do know that that theme song rules all in the family. Love how terrible that vocal performance is. It's so endearing. And uh, Edith is easily the greatest character on the show. I mean, the Shameless theme song. It's yeah. great. We maybe we need to do even how I met your mother's little Veronica Mars. Uh, I don't know the Veronica Mars one. Uh, I always if had... you've never watched Veronica Mars, you should watch Veronica Mars. I mean, it's I've had actually... a crush on that Kristen Bell with her one lazy eye. I like a lazy eye. It's it's a surprisingly good show. Good show. Um, yeah. I mentioned how I met your mother, Lou Ferrigno, aka the Incredible Hulk. His son went on to be a guest actor on How I Met Your Mother as. He's now on the... The love interest of the mother. He's now on SWAT. Is he? Yeah. He's a reoccurring character on there. So that's been theme song corner. Maybe (laughs) one day we'll do a... uh, We'll run out of trivia questions and we'll do a uh, fan vote bracket for theme songs that'll go on for 50 episodes. Commercial jingles. Uh Uh-huh. Well, let's start talking about Battle Bowl... We get a video package that starts us off with quotes and highlights from several wrestlers. Taking it to the limit. Only the strong survive. It's about winning at all costs. Battle Bowl is the ultimate. It's a lifelong dream. It's a night of uncertainty. It's the luck of the draw. It's an eye-gouging, hair-ripping brawl. And you know, Battle Bowl. Battle Bowl! <laughs> Good looking crowd. Logo comes on the screen, and then Tony Schiavone welcomes us to the show, joined by Jesse the Body Ventura, and they preview the evening. Yeah, I love the, and then they are partners. It's like they draw two names, and then they are partners. We get shots of the two different locker rooms, and then they send it to the stage. Where we get Mean Gene Okerlund oh. and Fifi. Oh. 
as they will be drawing and announcing the names of the for the evening. I don't know who may be more hot and bothered, me and Jean, Fifi, or the fact that they were going to be flushing me down this toilet together. Because put me and Jean next to a hot lady, and you have got fucking charming gold stuff that wouldn't that so many people could not pull off in comedy. Uh, you just be like, ugh, weird and creepy. <laughs> but me and Jean is the human teddy bear. With a microphone. I don't know. Some of these... It gets weird and creepy. It some gets weird and creepy, <laughs> weird and creepy. But Mean Gene is... Uh, got my stamp of like approval until I'm dead. Jerry Lawler? Totally expect him to say everything that's been said on this show that you know, we'll, we'll get to. But Mean Gene may cool. have may have uh, watched a couple of these shows that had Jesse Ventura on it. I was like, okay, well I can get away with a few more things. Maybe that's the case. But those two draw out the names? You know what the problem is here? No Muda. No Muda. Yeah, they tell us who, like, Muda yeah, won the second, there, the second ring. Sting, I believe, had the first ring. Yeah. yeah. But no Muda. Not defending no Muda. his Just wanted his to title. let everybody know Sorry, in case ring. maybe they got to see he, Muda. He's not returning to defend his, his ring. Yeah. It's yeah. not a defense thing. You just no. you just get the ring. There are no championships They don't share the, the ring. You get a freshie each year. Well, I take that back. The Battle ring is the only one on the line. Yeah. Mean Gene and Fifi draw out some names, and we head to our first match of Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader. Oh my God! With what? Harley Race versus Cole and Charlie Norris. My my brother Cole. Wait, you said Cole, right? Mm-hmm. I said Cole. Yes. Was announced, mm-hmm. but Kane comes out instead because I guess they forgot who is who as well. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm not. Yeah. No. Because I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, I swear that the names were different, but, you know, I, I don't really remember them from before as Cole and Kane because yeah. they've always and forever been, what are they, Matt? Booker well, T and Stevie Ray! Booker T and Stevie Ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Vader and Jack attack each other out on the rampway with Kane, who I'm going to call Stevie Ray from now on, mm-hmm. joins in. As the bell rings, Vader tosses Norris off the ramp and Tony mentions that the wrong Harlem Heat member is out there. <laughs> but he says, it doesn't matter. One of them is out there. I'm still going to call like, Cole. <laughs> is that racist? I mean, I don't think that he meant it that way. It's like, oh, they're a tag team that are both really talented. And also, it's kind of unfair to be like, well, at least one of them's out there. It's like, yeah, but one of them just had to tag Charlie Norris. Yeah. Well, the other one doesn't get much better. And Booker's <laughs> saying, I took the pin from Shockmaster last time. Oh, got my this. God. It's like, you got, yeah, no shit. But, yeah, Cactus Jack and, and Vader, my God. And we're going to see a theme here with our name drawn. We're getting babies and heels. Yeah. Every single, every single match. Stevie's working on Cactus Jack in the ring, but he reverses it to slam Stevie Ray's head into the turnbuckle. Harley's out on the ramp, and he convinces Vader to work with Jack, because it's the only way to win battle. Oh yeah, they're not—they're not for this. They shouldn't be. Vader bladed for. Did, did you not just yeah. see their feud two weeks ago? Vader um, bladed for Jack, and Jack legitimately just let Vader break his knuckles across his brow. I mean, did Vader not watch the opening? It's—it's it's a lifelong dream. It's—it's it's a night of uncertainty. It's mm-hmm. luck of the draw. Look at this. Sounds like we could write a Battle Bowl theme song, those lyrics that you just, those things you just spouted yeah. out could be sung beautifully over some early 90s instrumentation. 
You saying you want to warm up your vocalizer? Oh man, yeah. Gotta get this, Jimmy Hart on the song to the. Uh, he could use a buck. The trivia challenge. Oh man. Create I have to, a, I have to write, my, write my own battle bowl original <laughs> when I lose because I'm bad at trivia. Okay. Okay. Stevie Ray runs into a knee. Cactus Jack tosses him out to the floor where Vader starts laying in with stiff shots. Only for stiff. Jack to come from behind to mess with Vader again. But Ray skits between them. Back in the ring, Stevie Ray body slams Cactus Jack. Norris comes in with a big boot. Oh no, he did. A big boot. But Vader comes in with a clothesline and a body slam on Charlie before hitting the Vader bomb and tossing him out to the floor where Jack comes off the apron with a cannonball dive. Sorry, Charlie. Back in the ring, Vader continues the punishment on Norris with a splash, tags in Cactus Jack, who hits a leg drop for a two count. Yeah, Stevie Ray uh, does not like these shoot shots. You can see him visibly upset. And he should be. Cactus Jack, down for the ride. Stevie Ray, not taking it. I mean, he took it, but not with a smile. Back suplex, and Jack makes the cover, only for Stevie Ray to break up the pin, which allows which allows Norris to make the tag, and Stevie Ray comes in to hit a clothesline. Vader jumps in the ring, so he and Stevie Ray start brawling. Mm, that's the spot. Until Cactus Jack joins the fray, only to telegraph a back body drop, allowing Stevie to kick him. Norris with a vertical suplex and a running big boot to knock Jack out to the floor. Did you guys see Charlie Norris hit the ropes. I've never seen anybody hit the ropes that poorly in my life. <laughs> and I've watched AEW. Um, there's not... Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I know. That was fucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean it. Damn. Uh, but Charlie Norris hitting the ropes. name drop Lana or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it for the pop, guys. Uh, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, I just had to point Charlie, out his Charlie, rope Charlie. hit because it was legitimately offensive. I'm pretty sure that... The three of us, not the most wonderful physical specimens, could learn to hit the ropes uh, better in a fucking two-hour session. I mean, I've watched, I've watched Nikki Bella try and you know prepare to get back in the ring, and yeah, um, she's very inspirational. I, I think I could mimic. She inspires me quite often. Steve <laughs> Ray then slams Charlie on the guardrail. Back in the ring, Charlie Norris locks on the dreaded chin lock. So Vader comes in to knock him off with a clothesline. Stevie Ray's back in, only to miss a back elbow, and receives a double-arm DDT from Cactus Jack. Both men make it to the corner for the... Hot tag! Norris comes flying in with a chop to the top of Vader's head, continues with more chops, which Vader completely no-sells. Yes, like he should. Before hitting a pair of splashes and a horrible-looking powerball. It's rough. For the pin... And the win. So Cactus Jack and Big Van Vader advance yeah, they to will the be Battle Bowl. Entering the toilet bowl. Yeah, that was a a bad I'm gonna fall backwards on my ass power bomb. Yeah. I'm like, I think Charlie probably just didn't help him out at all. No. And so Charlie Norris is fucking pitiful. Also, this is where they say that WCW heavyweight championship Vader, still no belt. He just doesn't like carrying it around. Apparently not. Alright. He'll, he'll carry a big, giant, smoking mask oh, I skull miss, thing. I miss the mask. But he won't carry his damn championship belt. I, I don't <laughs> think he has a belt. I think that they fucking... They're lying to us? They sold the shit. I think it's at a fucking pawn shop. 
Tony and Jesse discuss the match before sending it to the stage where we catch Mean Gene necking with Fifi. Uh, he's kissing my girl. He's like, you go, Mean Gene. I know. Good job. Jesus, really, like... She looks good enough to eat. Agreed. Gene. Then they draw out up the next names for our second match. Paul Roma. Yeah. And Eric Watts. Ooh. Versus Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. And Brian Nobbs. Okay. <laughs> with Bissy Hyatt. God, I yeah. Like... <sighs> uh, they they yeah. would make a great Survivor Series team together. Was that a roller coaster of emotions? It really was. Yeah. It was. I'm alternatively Mikey Missy Hyatt's wig temple. It has neither gone up or down. It's just been still the click, click, click straight line of equal emotion. Mm, I got poor Paul. I hope it's quick. Beauty and the Beast. I got feelings here. I'm shocked my eye roll didn't get stuck. Uh, Yeah, Jesse also (laughs) is not a fan of Mean Gene getting getting touchy-feely. Because Jesse's the one that's supposed to get all the girls. I mean... And Mean Gene's the one that's getting love. I mean, the thing is, is Mean Gene is a inspiration to all of us that were not born canonically handsome. Because he's really pulling some mad tail right here. Hey, I choose and decide when I want to be handsome. So. <laughs> I, I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> By no means that I call you guys not canonically handsome. I couldn't say or define that canonically whatever word handsome so. yeah <laughs> so bad knobs and hyatt are all having a disagreement before the bell but once it starts johnny is working roma over with headlocks and arm bars what a theme of this show ain't nobody want to partner with ain't nobody want to partner with nobody which is like what this show is at the beginning of every match for two minutes yeah, and then you got Missy outside. Yeah, and they started her funky faces. Again. They they started with the one of the most compelling ones, which I guess was smart with Cactus Jack and Vader. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you get you Johnny Bad and Brian Knobs and together. poor Paul Roma partying with Eric Watts. There's been many a a sad moment in tag team history, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the collective teams in this one match here. And the escort outside the ring. Yeah, somewhere Stan like, Lane is just like fucking trash, trash, rolling, trash gla- rolling, glitter, groveling, and on trash the splattered with more trash, and then trash with a blonde wig. Oh, you leave yeah. Missy and her wonderful wig on. Brian Knobs had a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he Take had a, a tiny. Yeah, he had a tiny tattoo that lets you know which nasty boy he was. Knobs with head slams of Paul into turnbuckles, clotheslines. Only for Roma to hit a back body drop, a body slam, and a drop kick. Followed by Watts coming in with a knee lift and a drop kick to send Brian out to the floor. Bad and Eric then trade arm locks. And Roma's in with a hammer lock slam. Watts with more arm work before charging into the corner with a shoulder tackle. But Johnny moves, sending Eric into the turnbuckle. Yeah. Wanting to do a big ups to the crowd for not being gross at Missy. Just want to put that out there. Knobs with more head slams and clotheslines this time on Watts, but Eric takes Brian down with multiple hip tosses. Bag comes back in after a Knobs eye rake, and he checks on Watts before getting back to competition, only for Roma to come in for them to hit a double back elbow. Paul follows up with a body slam, makes the cover, but Missy has jumped up on the apron to distract the ref, allowing Brian to jump in the ring and drop an elbow on Roma. 
Johnny tosses Paul to the ropes where Nobbs trips him up. But Bad doesn't want to capitalize. So Brian tags in and kicks Roma out to the floor where he gets his head slammed into the apron. Back in the ring, Nobbs with a vertical suplex applies an ab stretch, reaching out for the leverage, but Johnny won't participate. Brian then with a body slam and comes off the second rope with a splash, but Paul gets a boot up into the chin, hits an enziguri before leaping to the corner for the hot tag. Watts with a back elbow, clothesline, body slam, a leaping elbow drop, <laughs> multiple head slams into a turnbuckle and a crossbody. But Nobbs uses the momentum to roll over on top for the pin and the win with a handful of tights. Handful of balls. Yeah, I love that even <laughs> even uh, Tony like shits on Johnny B. Bad for not trying to win the match. <laughs> you gotta make it to the battle ball. You gotta make it to yeah. the battle ball. Which Brian leap Nobbs tag, and tag, Johnny B. Bad do. Yeah. Won't lie. <sighs> oh, Mr. Watts. Actually showed a little, a little bit of fire here. I, mm-hmm. I was not fully, completely bored with him in this match like I normally am, where I just want him I to can't be. Can't believe I'm here. Pummeled, but I hated it still. <laughs> yeah, it still sucks. The finish was fine, but it should have happened at the eight minute mark. We catch Mean Gene and Fifi once again before they draw some more names, and that. Is our third match. He's whispering sweet nothings into Fifi's ear. And it's creepy as fuck. I know. The Shockmaster and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Lord Steven Regal. You know what? I'm starting to notice that this probably uh, is a work. As far as we had battle balls that were oh, shoot yeah, battle balls. Work. This one is obviously, I mean, if you didn't notice it from yeah. the first two matches, just want to put it out there. Everybody who's there were, in a feud or been in a there feud. There were, yeah, everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got it. Team. Yep. What I did like is uh, when they said Shockmaster's name, there was just total dead silence from the audience. <laughs> like, <laughs> from everybody backstage, nobody said anything. <laughs> I, I fucking love Paula. I'm in love with Paul Wonder. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch him wrestle for days. Big Daddy Paul? Mm-hmm. And as everybody's in the ring, nobody is happy about their partner in this one. I mean, at least Ricky has a, a legitimate great fucking man next to him that, like, can fucking go. Well, that's who exactly. he's been feuding with. Yeah, exactly. That's that's fine. Just, I'm just saying at least he has a real partner. Yeah, I mean, I can totally get Orndorff not wanting the electrician, construction, truck driver. We call him Shocky. Bedazzled, Bedazzled Stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. Splash Master. Yeah, the, the Cox Cable guy. <laughs> So Paul and Steamboat started off when Orndorff tosses Ricky over the ropes. In this three-fourths of a good match. Only for the dragon to hold onto the ropes and grabbing a head scissors to bring Mr. Wonderful out to the floor as well. Where Steamboat begins to chop away, only for Paul to come right back with right hands. Back in the ring, Orndorff comes off the top rope, but is caught in the gut by Steamboat and locked into a headlock sequence. Where the dragon keeps trying to get pins, but Mr. Wonderful bridges up to escape and deliver several forearms in the corner. Uh, could you imagine Shockmaster Bridge? I don't think he could. I, of course he couldn't. No. Steamboat leaps up and over a charging Mr. Wonderful, delivering an atomic drop to send Paul into the turnbuckle. But he bounces backwards to knock both men down. 
Regal and Shockmaster both tag in, where Lord Steven attempts to wrestle, but Shocky is just too powerful and body slams Regal before tagging in Orndorff and starting a Paula chant. Paula, Paula. But every time I say Paula, imagine like a little heart next to it. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful and Lord Steven shake hands like gentlemen, which brings in Ricky to argue with Regal. Orndorff and Lord Steven then with a good bat sequence when Regal blocks three versus a hip toss, followed by Paul going for a backslide pin attempt. The two men are impressed with each other and they shake hands once again. Classy. Mm -hmm. With the dragon jumping in again to complain. Lord Steven locks on a full Nelson, only for Mr. Wonderful to reverse it into one of his own, which Regal escapes by grabbing the ankle to take down Orndorff. I love Regal. Ricky gets Lord Steven to tag him in and tells him to just get out of the ring before turning his attention to Paul, only to be caught on a leapfrog and dropped onto the ropes with a hot shot, followed by stomps and body slams. Shockmaster's in with an elbow drop, but Steamboat avoids and goes over to tag Regal back in. But Lord Steven pulls his hand away. Just wipes it off on them shorts. You ain't worth it. Only for Shocky to shove the dragon into Regal for the tag. Shockmaster tosses Lord Steven into the corner and charges in, but Regal moves to avoid, sending Shocky headfirst into the turnbuckle. Makes the cover, but Mr. Wonderful breaks up the pin by trying to drop an elbow, only for Lord Steven to move, so Shockmaster takes the blow. Did you catch this point where the crowd does a USA chant? It's like, even Shockmaster gets a USA chant? USA chant ain't worth shit at this point. Come on, guys. It ain't what you just, you just killed it. If it ever meant anything, it means nothing now. Wow. Regal then grabs Sir William's umbrella and looks to hit Shockey. But Ricky jumps in the ring, pulling it away before hitting Lord Stephen with it. Steamboat then starts chasing Sir William on the outside, allowing the Shockmaster to hit a splash for the pin and the win. So the Shockmaster. And Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff <laughs> advance to the Battle Bowl. So that means Steamboat is probably going home for six months. Find out. I, mean, I don't know. I just my guess. Whenever packing up that umbrella. So I have some bad news. Oh shit! The bad. Oh fuck me. I was gonna say you already announced it. The yeah. Shockmaster has advanced to the Battle Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tony and Jesse then start talking about Starcade, and Tony reminds us that he was at the first one. And now the 11th annual Starcade is the next pay-per-view. And Ventura actually puts over Shivani for being at all those Starcades. Yeah. They then send us to a video highlight of a press conference where Mean Gene welcomes us. We're told that there are promoters and building managers from all over the world that were part of the bidding process for Starcade. I love Vader's fashion rings. Mean Gene then announces that Starcade 93 will come from Charlotte, North Carolina. What? It beat out New York, That's Chicago, shocking. Japan. <laughs> of all places, Charlotte never gets yeah. weight. Uh, I believe that they also let us know that there's a new basketball team. The Hornets? The Hornets. That's right. The Hornets showing up fresh in 93. Mean Gene then starts talking up Harley Race, who was also at the first arcade. Of course. And Vader the champion, when Ric Flair would come strolling through the crowd. With my wife. 
Nature Boy was part of that first main event of Starcade, and he wants to be in this one too. Even having a contract ready. Vader asks what Nature has to bring to the table, and he responds with 10 world titles. Count them, baby. Ooh. But Vader says that's not enough. I've gotten over on four continents. Pretty good comeback. I was like, what's the fourth one? I'm like, North America, Asia, because in Japan. Yeah. Probably Europe. Yeah. So, yeah, they had that Australia, Spot show in Canada? Africa, South America, which one? Canada? Which, Canada's North America. Holy shit, yes, continents. <laughs> I was thinking countries. I'm stupid. I'm sorry. He, uh, he went... What do we think? Australia? Yeah, I mean, that's a long-ass fucking plane ride. Maybe, uh... Maybe he did a spot show in China. I guess that's also Asia. That's awesome. Where did he go? <laughs> Where could he be gone? Maybe he just made it up. Um, that's possible, too. Brazil. I don't know. That's a good... I figured it's probably South America. Yeah. Race then points out something in the contract to Vader. And Flair knows, lets us know what it is. If he doesn't win, he will retire. Oh, my God. What? On the line. On Vader the line. then reminds the it's nature boy... Of all the broken people he has dealt with. Even bringing up old... Uh, Job Boy McCity? Yeah. What's his name? I forget what his name is. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, because he names like three stars. Yeah, Ron Simmons, Sting, and Cactus Jack. And yeah. then names like Joe whatever his yeah. name is. And I was like, oh, yeah, Joe yeah, Thurman. Thurman. Good job. I was just like, we're still bringing up this Joe Thurman guy. Yeah. Totally got rid of Nikita Koloff. Still angry about that one. We come back to Mean Gene and Fifi at the Tumblr with Okerlund holding a pair of handcuffs before they draw some more names. Were they fur lined handcuffs? You need to be careful with my wife's wrists. Here comes Creepy Gene. <laughs> <laughs> so we're off to our fourth match Awesome Kong and the Equalizer Ooh. versus King Kong. And the natural Dustin Rhodes. I said, yeah, I said poor Paul earlier. Poor Dustin. Jesus Christ what on the a crutch. What did he do? Like, did he piss his dad off that much? This might kill me. Well, if you look the best out of these four people, isn't that putting you over? Whatever, dude. Yeah, but that means you gotta put these four people, or three people. That means over. you have to, like, look impressive while trying to deal with these fucking no-bump buttholes. Big bump on logs. So Dustin and the Equalizer with some mat wrestling for a bit while Tony and Jesse talk Flair Vader until the Equalizer hits a body slam. The Equalizer then makes a tag to Awesome Kong and I thought, how did he know which corner to go to? Because they look exactly the same. <laughs> these I fucking, think about that part. These fat fucks are ass. Mm-hmm. Which Rhodes welcomes him with multiple drop kicks that don't even phase him. So he rakes the eyes and cradles him up for a two count. Awesome misses an elbow drop, allowing the natural to make the tag, giving us all what we turned into for the Battle of the Kongs. Oh, we thought it was incredible when Demolition went one-on-one -on -one in the Royal Rumble years ago, but the this Kongs? Is, yeah, this is really? more like uh, Kangs, you know, the old the Jeopardy thing, Danky Kang? There's a couple of Danky Kangs. <laughs> but King Kong just tags Dustin back in with Awesome Kong attacking him with a head slam in a turnbuckle. Equalizer comes in and is taken to the mat with arm locks by Rhodes. Tags in King Kong, where he starts delivering multiple clotheslines, only for the Equalizer to hit some clotheslines as well. 
King Kong charges into an equalizer big boot, followed by a shoulder tackle to take the Kong down. Goes for a leg drop, but King Kong moves and makes the corner for the... Eh, tag? Ugh. Ugh. The natural hits an elbow to the... I brush my teeth after this. There's the natural turds. The natural hits an elbow to the head of Awesome Kong, goes for a sunset flip, with the equalizer breaking up the pin. Pier 6 brawl breaks out, and Awesome hits an avalanche splash on King Kong and the equalizer, causing the two Kongs heads to collide. So Rhodes follows that up with a bulldog for the pin and the win. I, at least Rhodes got the pin. At least that happened. Yeah. I actually had to rewind this for a moment because at first I literally thought Dustin pinned his partner. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious and embarrassing. And I would be, I would like, as much as we love Dustin, I'd have to be like, yeah, I totally Dude, get it. Like, what were you on? <laughs> like, you pin the fat one. You're supposed to pin the fat one. <laughs> We're back at the Tumblr, and Mean Gene still being a dirty old man. Oh, it's just horrible. It just gets worse with each Some titty talk. Time. He's doing some melon jokes. I mean, Mean Gene, so charming. You know, the first Bit of a time, horn dog. We love him, but how, like, he can't help himself. The first time of, you know, oh, we're cutting the Mean Gene, and he doesn't know the camera's on him. Yeah, okay, ha, ha, funny, cool. It wears but, out uh, as welcome, but it's one of the better things on the time, show. Or however many times we're on already now. It's like, come on. Actually, I think it just fits right in with the rest of the show. Uh, yeah. I just love Mean Jeans so much, and it's nice I to see I love Mean Jeans as well. Of course you guys do. But I'm not. This is not good. Uh, it's not great, but I also. Uh, this isn't Mean Jeans. I'm this also is just deeply in love um, with Fifi, so just having her around is nice too. So we get our fifth match of Sting and Jerry Sags. With Missy Hyatt versus Ron Simmons and Keith Cole. I mean, you guys might not know him, but I'm related to him as I am uh, Michael Cole. My other two brothers, you know, through adoption, have wrestled early in this night. Uh, so I just want don't give Keith Cole a chance, is what I'm saying. Keith don't, Cole don't has a twin Keith brother. Chance. So there's four Coles on this show then. Well, they must have. I don't remember what Keith's twin brother's name is, but Kent. me neither. I think it. I think that. Thank you. <laughs> I think that that is some like kayfabe, because I don't know who you're talking about. And then we get the best joke of the entire night, where Jesse says it's hard to tell which one is Sags, and Tony says, "No, it's not." <laughs> yeah, they're talking about Missy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The match takes a moment to get along to get going with Sags arguing with Sting early on until Ron gets hold of Jerry and begins to soften him up with hip tosses, drop kicks, and a three-point stance. Cole takes over and works over the arm of Sags until Jerry body slams, but Keith holds onto the arm to keep control. The fans are voicing their opinion on who they want in, but Sags refuses to tag at first until Cole is able to tag in Simmons. Fucking Sting should slap the living shit out of Keith Cole for... I know he's my brother, but he should slap the living shit out of him for rocking a fucking flat top. A blonde flat top? Unacceptable. Especially that flat top mullet. Mullet, yeah. It's like he... I'm not even mad at that. The he th likes Sting, and he likes Ricky Morton, so he thought, I'm gonna put their two <laughs> styles together, and woo! It's a, it's a vibe. It's, uh, it's some shit. <laughs> Run with some shoulder blocks. Stinger floats over on a back body drop and attempts an O'Connor roll, but it is botched. So Sting just makes the cover for a two count. Also, whoop, 
There it is. Sting fires up with multiple shoulder blocks. I mean, it happened. <laughs> to knock Simmons down. So Cole is tagged in, and Sting and Cole do the Spider-Man meme. Mm-hmm. They sure do. Before Stinger pulls him over into a backslide pin for a two count. Which one is Sting? Probably the older one. Yes. Sags comes in and is taken over by an arm drag right into an arm bar. But Jerry escapes, delivering a knee, elbow, and leg drops to Keith. Sting with a crossbody and clothesline on Ron. Simmons then with a cheap shot and starts to choke the Stinger. What the hell, Ron? Ron hits... Gotta win. Ron hits a powerbomb. Tags in Cole to finish him off. Oh, that's not a good idea. But he just goes back to wrenching the arm again. Jesus Christ, Cole. Simmons yelling at him, What are you doing? Even, yeah, it's like... We're going to bury you on live TV, sir. You don't just, just don't piss off Ron. Ron tags back in, hitting a face plant, catapulting him throat first into the bottom rope. Keith is then tagged back in, not knowing what to do, so he just starts wrenching on the arm again. Ugh, dude. So Sting hits a back body drop, a body slam, a clothesline, a vertical suplex, and a stinger splash. Sags then makes the blind tag, comes off the top with the flying elbow for the pin, and, and the win. win. Sting's not happy, but after this, guys, come on. T- TV title match, next Clash of Champions, Eric Watts versus Keith Cole. Let's put it at the top of the card. Let's go. Let's Let it, go. Let's start the show off. <laughs> we'll, uh, get a, we'll get an arm wrench. Do we want to start it off, or do we want to save it for the main event? <laughs> well, no, it's the main event, okay. for sure. Yeah. Over under on how many arm wrenches we'll have in that match. All of them. All of That's them that the have ever happened. All of them that have ever happened, it's and all of them that ever will happen. So post match, Simmons attacks Cole, tossing him to the ropes before hitting a spine, spine buster. buster, and then just kicking him after that again and again. To but, start you know. a Ron Simmons heel turn. <laughs> Can you imagine the feud that's going to happen between Ron and Keith? <laughs> I mean, he's got to come back and get his revenge. Seriously, and, you know, he does. You can switch out the twin thing and... Twin magic. Yeah, twin magic. It's it's like two doinks. Only yeah, super secret brothers. You got I got two. Stingy Morton instead. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that bothered me, just a pinch about this one, was Ron attacking Cole at the end there. But as the pin is happening, Ron's just... Standing, standing there, looking at him. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, like poor Stevie two Ray. Two feet away, he could reach over and just boop, stop yeah. it. But nope. Yeah. Yep. Be mad at yourself, Ron. <sighs> Be mad at yourself. We then go back to the tumbler, and Mean Gene and Fifi are dancing. So cut a rug. It's not quite as creepy. Hey, at least he's cutting a rug and not munching one. <laughs> I'm sure he wish he was. I mean, you know, my heart goes out to him. Then we get our sixth match. Stunning Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. And the nature boy, Ric Flair. Uh, woo. With Colonel Robert Parker. Versus Max Payne and two cold Scorpio. Oh, I wonder who's advancing to the toilet bowl. I wonder. <laughs> so, of course, theme of the show, Austin and nature boy must argue with each other to decide who will be in the ring first. And, you know, at least Austin is pulling off this gimmick that is every single match... Better than most. So Austin and Max match up to begin with Payne using his power. So Steve goes for a tag, but Nate just styles and profiles. Woo, baby, woo. That Nate. Did you uh, hear earlier on the show that uh, Max Payne's 
spiritual guru or spiritual advisor, that's what it was, is uh, none other than one Cactus Jack. Oh. That yes. may explain the uh, wardrobe change, because old Max looks like he's wearing just straight-up jammies. Well, spoiler alert. They become a tag team. Ooh, I guess that's why Cactus Jack is like, I gotta get out of here. But he takes a little bit of time, right? Max Payne and Cactus Jack. Wow. So Max continues to dominate with clotheslines, shoulder blocks, choke lifts. Scorpio comes in only for Austin to gain control, but Too Cold flips out of an Austin suplex before delivering an arm drag and multiple drop kicks, which sends Stunning Steve to his corner. Nature Boy tags in this time, so he and Scorpio go through some mat wrestling, which Too Cold bridges out of a jackknife pin into a backslide for a two count before giving each other a high five. Uh, woo. Flair with a snapmare goes up top only for Max to meet him there, press slamming him off. Austin comes in, which he receives a back body drop to send him out to the floor to regroup with Colonel Parker. Oh, and Steve Austin yells very loudly. I need another partner, which is great. It's like, sorry, <laughs> buddy, you're, but it's perfect fucking shit-ass heel shit. Back in the ring, Scorpio splashes Nate in the corner, follows up with a vertical suplex and a standing moonsault. For a near fall. Okada roll by too cold for a two count, and then the nature boy chops him down, followed by a back body drop. Stunning Steve comes in, putting the boots to Scorpio, only for Scorpio to reverse a back body drop into a pin for a near fall. We're following that trend of Scorpio not making a mistake, but I'm waiting on bated breath. Mm-hmm. Which is followed by a super kick, heads up top, but Austin knocks him down, crotching himself, before hitting a suplex for a two count. Backbreaker and chokes by Austin, a hard Irish whip, rolling knee drop, back suplex by Flair for a near fall. Stunning Steve is back in with a back body drop and he locks on an ab stretch, grabbing the ropes for leverage, but Nate knocks his hands off and tags in. Nature boy knocking the hand off of... so funny. Austin and Flair start slapping each other until the nature boy goes back to work on Scorpio, hitting a stalling vertical suplex for a two count. But did you guys catch the spot where Steve Austin bites Too Cold Scorpio? I did not see that. He's being real shitty, man. Body slam by Nate, followed by Steve coming in off the top rope with an elbow drop for another near fall. Austin then goes to the chin lock, only for Too Cold to elbow out and deliver a desperation spin kick. Makes the crawl to the corner for the... Hot tag! Maxes in to no-sell Flair's chops. Hits a back body drop in a clothesline. Heads slams into a turnbuckle and Irish whips the nature boy across the ring, following in with a knee, only for Nate to move in time. Flair then locks on the figure four while Austin deals with Too Cold for the submission and the win. Dunzo, man. Figure four, this late in a tag match? Dunzo. He tapped out like right away. Well, you know, Steve Austin still wonderfully coming into his own. Post-match, Stunning Steve jumps to the top rope, but he slips off, so he just ends up retreating out of the ring with the nature boy yelling at him. (laughs) We then go back to the tumbler, and Mean Gene bends down to tie his shoe, and Fifi's all like, what are you doing down there? Because he's not tying his shoe, he's trying to look up her dress. Oh yeah, he's he's looking up up that that green velvet dress, buddy. Creepy, freaky, pervy... Not cool, Mean Gene, not cool. We then get our seventh match. Ravishing Rick Rude 
and Shanghai Pierce mm. versus Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Tex Salinger. Mm. Tex doesn't know who's picking these names, but they're going to pay for this. I'd run and hide, Mean Gene. I'm pretty sure you're going to get paid for this, guy. Just do the job. And you have to love Rude's Trunks. They have a picture of everybody that he's ever beaten on them. Oh, wow. I don't even... I may have just been, like, glazed over at this point. Yeah, That's the kind of thing I would normally uh, notice. They were great. And love. It might be the... It might talking, be like, the, even WWF people that he's beaten? I don't know. Or? I didn't see Hogan or... Well, he probably didn't beat Hogan. Warrior. I don't... I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, but I noticed that, like, literally... <laughs> A bunch of faces were on it, so it was like literally because I know Flair was on like the knee, and there was other Dustin Rhodes was on there. So nice. at least it was quite a few of the people that at least in WCW that he had yeah been, that's really cool. good idea. So literally, if for anything else, go look at the tights. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go back, and I really truly I mean do I not want I, to. I mentioned you know check out Rick Rude as often as you can. So agreed. Yeah, fast forward, pause, and just party back right out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ravishing one starts off by tossing Bagwell off, off himself before hitting a vertical suplex. But Marcus responds with a drop toe hold and into an armbar. Salinger's in to continue working the arm, but Rude escapes to tag in Pierce, and the Texans stare each other down until Shanghai just tags the ravishing one right back in, allowing Tex to come from behind with elbows across the back. Bagwell's back to work on the arm of Rude until the Ravishing One is able to escape to his corner again. Pierce comes in with a back elbow, goes for a back suplex, but Marcus flips out and delivers a hip toss and a body slam, followed by a splash for a two count. Ah, dying over here. Mm -hmm. Arm drag takedown by Bagwell and goes back to the arm bar on Shanghai as Tex is yelling at Marcus from the apron until Pierce escapes out to the floor. Rude comes in and starts laying it in with shoulder blocks, shots to the gut on Bagwell, before locking on the chin lock. Pierce continues the attack until Marcus applies a headlock, and then back to the arm before delivering a vertical suplex. Bagwell starts to run the ropes, only for the ravishing one to pull the top rope down, sending Marcus tumbling over to the floor. Rude slams Bagwell back first against the apron, Shanghai joins in on working the back once they are back in the ring, and the Ravishing One with a stalling front suplex, a gut buster, and Pierce with a body slam and comes off the second rope with a knee drop for a two count. Rude with chokes applies the bear hug, but Marcus starts working his way to the corner and makes the tag right as Shanghai comes in to distract the ref, so it's not allowed. Pierce places a headlock on Bagwell, using leverage from the Ravishing One to wear him down until he begins to fire up, only to run into a big boot and a gut wrench powerbomb for the pin, and no, no Tex kicks Shanghai off. It's a scuffle. Pierce and Salinger argue, which allows Marcus to crawl to the corner to make the hot tag. Tex and Shanghai start shoving each other before they just start brawling with each other. And the crowd comes alive for perhaps the first time all evening. And it's an okay-looking little scuffle between the two guys. Mm -hmm. Salinger tosses Pierce to the ropes, where Rude makes a blind tag as Tex clotheslines Shanghai, followed by Pierce going for a sunset flip. 
but doesn't pull him all the way over. So the Ravishing One comes in with a rude awakening for the pin and, and the win. win. Post-match, the Texicans make up by beating down Bagwell some more before hugging. I love that after they hug, Jesse might have potentially the best quote of the whole show. No matter how hard times get, there is still friendship and warmth in the world. And I was like, Jesse, have you ever said anything that beautiful in your life? And like positive and life affirming, very nice. Appreciated that. And it brought me up for, you know, all of 20 seconds. So then we go back to the Tumblr. And Mean Gene is shown, but Fifi's not visible. But of course, it's because she's on her knees. She's tying his shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he's saying she's doing. Yeah. Fifi shakes her head on the camera. She's like, I feel like I keep getting tricked. And she doesn't say that, but that's like the look on her face. It's like, will I ever learn? So we go to our eighth match. Road Warrior Hawk. Oh my God. And Rip Rogers Ooh. versus the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith Ooh. and Cole. Ah, He's back. Good to see Blood Relative. So Rip Rogers, you guys seem to not know who that was. So I did not. He basically is a glorified jobber, but he's also better known as being the head trainer of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Okay. Meaning that he trains such guys as Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Mark Henry, Dave Batista, and Randy Orton. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. I mean, I know OVW, like, Old Corny was up there for a long time, uh, post Smoky Mountain and whatnot, but Rip Rogers, I reckon, I know the name, but I've never seen him in the ring until now. No, Unless you tell me he was on an AWA show. And I'm going to tell you right now, this will be the only time you ever see Rip yeah. Rogers. Uh-huh. For, for what he does in the ring that we see, he... Makes an impression. Makes an impression in the, the future of wrestling, at least. You know, as far as that list of names, I mean... He basically trained the championship. The forever champion, Brock yeah, Lesnar. The forever champion, the 16-time champion, the world's strongest champion. The ruthless aggression era. Yeah, yeah. That he was, yeah, 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 ruthless aggression. Yep. And, and you know, maybe if it wasn't for him, we might not have a, a Drax. Yeah. He, we he might not have the Drax that we Drax. have. We wouldn't have a legend killer. We yeah, just have like, Bob's son, Randy. Oh, God, Randy weren't so good. Mm-hmm. So as they're headed out to the ring, Hawk just levels Rip out on the rampway. His own partner. What a And then bubble. Davey Boy and Cole, who I'm now going to call Booker T, both stomping to keep him down. <laughs> it's brutal. And I was like, wait, I feel like I've seen this before. Oh, that's right. Sergeant Buddy Parker at Starcade 91, episode 64, where they beat him down on the stage, and then it took him forever to yeah, make it to the ring. Good call, Matthew. A guy we just saw that. that one time. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. Yeah, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have put it together, but I can see it in my brain now because it was uh, kind of just like this. So just to make sure I'm remembering right, did Sergeant Buddy Parker become Colonel Robert Parker? No, no? Sergeant. The funniest part about this is that Sergeant Buddy Parker became a trainer for the power plant and became the one of the lead trainers for WCW. Uh, responsible so for training. So the two such, guys training Goldberg. I'm just. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I'm just I kidding. Think, I think he did. I don't so know if you two of the guys Goldberg. that basically trained most of the 2000 era guys 
did the same angle on a battle ball. That rocks. Nice. I just thought it was pretty <laughs> Maybe the most interesting thing that happens here tonight. So the match gets going with Road Warrior and Bulldog matching up early on with no one gaining an advantage while Booker T just keeps yelling from the corner. So Davy Boy just finally tags him in. He's like, oh, okay, man. We see Rogers crawling towards the ring as Booker delivers a knee lift and forearms across the back of Hawk. Applies a headlock, only for the Road Warrior to power out. Body slam Booker T, but he does the spin a Fuck yeah! And delivers a clothesline. Booker's back to working over Hawk with elbows, eye rakes, a side slam as Rip makes it to the ropes. But Booker T then delivers a forearm to knock him away again. Comedy. Booker with forearms across the back as the Bulldog starts an LOD chant. He starts a <laughs> chant for his opponent. Fate, fate, face is gonna face. Booker T then with chokes and a guillotine before heading to the top, coming off with a double axe handle. Rogers again makes the ropes, only for Booker to once again knock him off. Booker T then applies a chin lock before hitting a backbreaker and coming off the top with an elbow drop. But Hawk moves out of the way. Road Warrior hits a clothesline, a falling fist, and then he picks up Rip Rogers, press slamming <laughs> onto Booker for the pin and, and the win. Very funny. Ten comedy points for the Rip Rogers press slam pin. So post-match, Davy Boy even congratulates Hawk on winning. <laughs> Maybe Davy Boy was like, "Hi." I don't know if they're going to put the belt on me, but maybe I could have a monster tag team. Or is he just that fucked up? Uh, I don't know. We've seen the... the He thinks Hawk is on his Faces and heels. I don't know. So I have three points here for you. Okay. First one. I think Bulldog's the smartest person on this entire show. He literally stands there for eight minutes and is going to get paid. Oh, yeah, and he probably got a bigger paycheck than old Rippy. (laughs) Most likely. Number two, I'm glad he did because this is the final time we see Davy Boy in WCW for about five years as he was released after he had an incident in Canada. In Canada, eh? He like beat up someone. Oh shit. Yeah. At least it wasn't the stabbing. Was this before he, or was he already married to a heart? No, he was yeah, married. Because remember, uh, uh, they were married at some. Oh, that's right, Derp. Yeah, the big, the big match. Yeah. Uh, she's there, and blah blah blah. That's and right. point number three, no one can ever say Booker T didn't pay his dues. He has now been beaten twice by the Shockmaster, and once by Rip Rogers on the last three pay per views. Wow. Yeah. What a way to start your career. Yes. Well, I mean, that was Cole. That's true. That's cool. <laughs> or wait, was it Kane? Yeah, oh, it's Cole. Yeah, Cole. Cole is Kane. Kane is Cole. Not, not true, but you know, <laughs> you get the reference. We then go back to Mean Gene, who gives his prediction for the winner of the Battle Bowl before giving his thoughts on the event and Fifi. Fifi wins the Battle Bowl for me. But Mean Gene, he drops his mic when Fifi tells him how great he is. It's like he has an orgasm or something. It's just like, what? What's mm, going on? He got excited. So creepy. But Tony tells him to get hold of himself. And Mean Gene says he'll get hold of something. 
even creepier. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully it's just his own penis whenever he gets back to the hotel room later. By and, himself. And then Ventura gives his prediction as well. And they all have a discussion about the Battle Bowl. What does Jesse? Who does Jesse come down with? Who does he think is going to win? Yeah, they just talk. They don't, no one ever really ever gives no. yeah, an I actual know, prediction. They just talk in circles because they got to give them time to. He's got to give it to the big guys or something. Something. Actually, Jesse does say he thinks it's going to be a nasty or a Vader. He's putting over the big boys. So we're after our ninth match, the Battle Bowl Battle Royal. With Roll call. Cactus Jack, Big Van Vader. With Harley Race, Johnny, Johnny B. Bad, Brian Nobbs, Nasty, Shockmaster, Mr. Wonderful Paul Warndorf, King Kong, uh, The Dust Natural Rust Dustin Rhodes, Sting, Sting, Jerry Sags, Stunning Steve, Steve Austin, Austin oh, with Colonel Robert Parker, so off. Ric Flair, Ravishing Rick Rude, Shanghai Pierce, Pierce, Road Warrior Hawk, and Rip, Rip Rogers. Rogers. I didn't know when you were going to drop the uh, the nicknames. And I was like, ah, oh, which ones get them? So, of course, the rules for this match are to be thrown over to the floor with both feet touching the ground. Rip looks at so. But if you get thrown to the rampway, you are not eliminated. Hmm. And we see Rip staggering his way down to the, oh, down such to the a ring. Sad, sad, Because he just got beat up. He got yeah. beat the heck up. Everybody else got a break. So everybody just starts brawling when Jack gets Pierce over the ropes, but it's on the rampway. So Shanghai just comes back in. Badge chopping away on Rip Rogers to send him over the ropes to be eliminated. Pierce charges at Cactus Jack, only for Jack to duck and pulls the ropes down, sending Shanghai tumbling over to be eliminated. Bom, bom, bom. Flair and Jack hammering away on Austin. Then Nature Boy and Hawk join forces on Vader. Nate tosses Stunning Steve through the ropes to the floor, following out to continue to brawl. Bad is backdropped over the ropes by Orndorff, but it was onto the ramp. So Johnny comes back in, only to be backdropped over the other side to the floor to be eliminated. Bye-bye, Mr. Bad. Mr. Wonderful slammed into a turnbuckle by Flair, only for Orndorff to get the Nature Boy over the ropes until Hawk makes the save. Vader's climbing to the top rope where Cactus Jack meets him to go for the superplex. But Vader knocks Jack down to the mat and then eliminates him, which we don't see. Right as Rhodes, back body drops Mr. Wonderful over the ropes to be eliminated as well. Yeah, not the greatest camera work in this match, but, no, no. you know, we're down here in the Total Bowl, guys. I mean, it's Total Mayhem. It's Battle Bowl. Shockmaster hits a clothesline that sends King Kong over the ropes to be eliminated, followed by the Nasty Boys tossing Shocky over as well. Yeah. It's uh, WCW Mayhem. Anyone? Yeah. We're finally shown a replay of no. Vader hitting a clothesline to send Cactus Jack over the rope. So we, we finally did get to see it. Yeah, yeah. Vader then press slams Sting, tossing him over the ropes, but it's onto the ramp. So he just strolls back in as everybody continues to brawl. Yeah, it take, takes, a, takes a deep breath and um, makes a new game plan. Vader with the avalanche splash on Nate as Hawk and the Nasty Boys are brawling. Flair rolls to the outside and begins to stalk Harley Race, while Sting hits a double clothesline on the Nasty Boys. Vader with an avalanche splash on the Stinger, and Hawk hits a clothesline on Rude. Austin tosses Rhodes through the ropes to the floor, following out to throw Dustin into a ring post 
Which busts him open. Posted. Poor Dustin. He fucking started leaking uh, at the end of his last match. And this one, I mean, I said he he got cut up on his last pay-per-view match. But this one, he's legitimately leaking. He is, it's a little bit of a gusher. I think blood is just in the Rhodes contract. Yes. That he yes. has to. Mm-hmm. Back in the ring, Sags is choking Steam while Nobbs charges at Rhodes. Only for him to be back body dropped over to be eliminated. Jerry then charges at Dustin for him to body slam Sags over the ropes himself. When Austin comes from behind to toss Rhodes over as well. So both of them are, are eliminated. Dang it. On the other side of the ring, Hawk back body drops the ravishing one over the floor to be eliminated. Followed by Vader coming from behind to toss the Road Warrior as well. So our final four is Austin, Flair, Sting, and Vader. And have you, do you, like, we're about to see this here, but I want to make note. We've seen Vader's nasty shots on Cactus Jack. We saw his nasty shots on Stevie Ray, who was not having it. But these Vader brawl shots that he's about to pull on Ric Flair are much weaker than typical Vader, like, fucking hammer fists. Just saying. Well, I wanted to mention that your final four, you have the three biggest names in the company. Mm-hmm. And stunning Steve Austin. I mean, yeah. That tells you... The thing is, that, did, that was, didn't what, even feel weird. It feels right. Mm-hmm. It, it feels right to us now. Yeah, because of the last... But back I mean, then... It felt right to me back then. The last two shows we watched, he was incredible. I agree. and But I'm just saying, that shows that the company believes in him. Mm-hmm. By putting him in yeah, the spot. Yeah, they have him here instead of Dustin. If he wasn't here, Dustin probably would have been in that spot. Yep. I mean, it almost would have made more sense for, for Rude... Yeah, but yeah. I mean that basically that would have been the same final four as the previous year, wouldn't it? Have? Probably, I can't remember. I think it would. Yeah. Have. And plus, Rude is fucking Rick Rude. He's gonna he's gonna be fine. I mean, he's a world champion. Yeah. So Rhodes and the Nasty Boys are brawling out on the floor while Vader is delivering stiff shots to the Stinger in the ring. Sting with a vertical suplex on Stunning Steve, while Vader goes for a corner splash on the Nature Boy, only for him to move in time. Harley drags Nature out onto the rampway and goes for a suplex, only to be blocked and reversed by Flair. So Vader comes out and drops an elbow right on Space Mountain. <laughs> Stinger and Austin with clotheslines on each of, for the double KO, while Vader with a splash on the ramp or on the Nature Boy. Sting looks to apply the Scorpion Deathlock when he sees the damage Vader is dealing out. So he goes out to the ramp as well to hit the big man from behind with a clothesline. I feel like Scorpion Deathhawk is so flighty. Just shows up sometimes. Stunning Steve joins him on the ramp, choking away on the stinger. Trainers and referees then come out to check on Flair, taking him to the back on a stretcher. Stretcher job. But Race gets a good kick in on him before he leaves. Uh, Ric Flair sells the shit like death. Yeah. Great. I was trying to remember if he had actually been injured at that time because he's. I feel like he's it's Rick one of those Flair, things like, so well, if Ric Flair is not going to win, at least have him do a stretcher job. Yeah. I kept waiting for him to come back out. Spoiler <laughs> oh, yeah. alert, he doesn't. But yeah. I just, that's what I kept waiting for. Yeah, I thought that it was just like what I said. I just assumed that it's like, okay, you do a hospitalization job, and then it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well. Now he's even more of an underdog comes yeah. Starcade. Mm-hmm. Vader and Austin start double teaming Sting, press slamming back into the ring where they both climb to top ropes. Steve comes off first to be met with a boot to the chin, followed by Vader being caught 
and power slammed by the stinger. Oh, damn. Sting's cleaning house on the two with clotheslines. Oh, my gosh. Right hands. Woo! The crowd is hot for this. Whoop. There it is. Until the numbers game becomes too much as he gets cornered and whipped into an avalanche splash from Vader. Austin off the second rope with an elbow drop, and then Sting is ping-pong punched between the two before being splashed by Vader multiple times. But as the big man goes for a third splash, Sting sits up to avoid. Stinger fires up on both men again, but he's so tired that he just falls over after laying both men out, which allows Stunning Steve to set him up for a Vader ball. I love the Sting wind-up road style with the fist. That was very fun. After landing the Vader bomb, Vader sells his back. So Austin has to come, take back over, coming off the top with a splash, but Stinger moves. Steve holds Sting for a corner splash, but the Stinger moves in time, so Austin takes the blow. Sting then back body drops Stunning Steve over the ropes to the ramp, but his momentum causes him to tumble off to the floor to be eliminated. Oh, damn it. While Vader comes from behind to clothesline the Stinger out to the ramp as well. Back in the ring, it's now just Vader versus Sting, with the Stinger taking a clothesline and a splash. After being tossed to the ropes, the two men run into each other for a double KO, with Sting going headfirst into the White Castle of Fear. Oh my gosh. Matt's letting us know that it was a headbutt to the sack, the nuts. Yes. The White Castle of Fear. Stinger's up first, lifting Vader up onto a turnbuckle and tries to kick him over the ropes and then charges in for a Stinger splash. But Vader drops off the ropes and Sting goes flying over to the floor to be eliminated. And who's got the ring? So Vader is your battle bowl winner. Oh my gosh. Pyro starts going off. As Vader celebrates. Dang it, Sting, you're so close. You eliminated yourself. We then go back to Mean Gene, who starts to recap the the evening, when he sends it back to Tony and Jesse, where Vader is terrorizing Shivani again, before it fades to black. (sighs) And I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Battle Bowl 93? Can I start? Go for it. With a question. Is this the best battle bowl? That's a question. I mean, come on, let's start. Let's start with the controversy. Well, here, my one-line review of this show was: it's not a high bar to cross, but this is the best battle bowl legal lottery. What I expected you to say, but like, we crapped, we crapped, and we crapped till there was no crap left, and uh, it's still the best battle bowl. Shame. Were you with us for the last two Battle Bowls? I was on the last Battle Bowl. Okay. I think the first one is probably the the worst one. one. Yeah, the first was a... Yeah, because that's the one where they actually tried to do shoot... They did shoot draws. Oh, yeah. And it was... They weren't even wrestling matches. At least there's some high spots, and they have... The heels do a good job here, for the most part, and the faces just kind of attempt anything at all. Like they, the yeah, problem. The problem with this one is that the talent level isn't as good as probably the last rendition, but the matches are laid out better in this one. Yeah. I so agree. even with the lack of talent, 
And it's still crazy They're to still say bad. lack of talent because there's just like a real fucking who's who of badasses here. But then there's also... But if there's enough badasses, you wouldn't have to have a Paul Roma, Eric Watts, Johnny B. Bad, Brian Nobbs match. Yeah, but you also shouldn't have... It shouldn't be an eight... A show that's eight tag matches and then a thing. It's like six is enough, guys. That's true. I feel like eight was really accessible. So I mean, I was like another one. Put put Dustin Rhodes in for Eric Watts and then and then eliminate that entire match that Dustin Rhodes had to carry with the Kongs. Yeah, yeah. There was no reason for the Kongs to like, be there. No, like, no, you no, one, made no this, one. No one pays any money to see the Kongs. You could have made this six or seven matches. Um, as opposed to eight. So easy. literally you cut two people out of the battle royal and you finish it even five seconds earlier. You know, yeah, basically. I mean, the other the downside of that is some of those matches might last longer, but the heels did do a pretty good job of what they were asked of on this show, even though what they were asked to do was fucking stupid. Yeah. But you have enough good heels here that, like, that, you know, Steve Austin being a shithead was pretty cool. It's just that the match isn't very cool, and then every single match having the same duality, like the same concept for each match. Yeah. We're not gonna get along. Yeah, it's we like hate each other it already, works. So they're gonna it works for team. some matches. We're tag team partners, so we're gonna be opposite each other. They could have taken like the real feuds uh, and done that, and then have some that were like face and face versus heel and heel, to just to make it actually feel like it's potentially realistic. Mm-hmm. And like, then you might have some, um, maybe a potentially more fun interactions as yeah. opposed to doing the same thing, eliminate, the same concept for every match. Eliminate the Kongs and eliminate the Texicans or whatever the hell they're called. Oh, God. Tex Salinger. Take, take both of those and, out uh, and fucking you know, that would knock out Shanghai. I mean, there's, the there's so many ways that we could rebook this that would make it a better, better show. Yes. Because... Like I ba- basically, I think we're all agreeing that just cut out some of the fluff mm-hmm. and limit it down to actually good matches, and then we might even care a little bit more about who makes it to the battle bowl. Yeah, but the concept isn't good enough to even like spend your time thinking about it. But you're forced to as you're watching this turd circle. So I'm trying to think of people that were still in the background there that. I mean, the Their only names didn't get picked. The only people that, I mean, I think everybody got picked that was Did in they? the pictures. Okay. The only people that didn't make it to the battle bowl that it's like, why didn't they make it to the battle bowl? Is Steamboat and Regal. Steamboat and Regal are gonna be fine. Yeah. And they're gonna be fine, but who wouldn't have liked to have seen Steamboat and Regal in the in the battle bowl? I want to see I them mean, all the time. So. Like I pay money to see those two guys. Yeah. I don't pay money to see King Kong and Rip Rogers. Yeah. Like, and, at least and, and, the, and, the, and the Rip Rogers thing was funny. Rip Rogers may have it was even legitimately been like one of the MVPs just because like he got beat down so hard, dude. It was fun, and he won the match. And so like, I didn't think he actually got beat down that hard. That was the no. no, no, but like he got he, he like, sold. He got sold. Hit, it. He got hit five times. Yeah, but he, he sold, sold it like he was a beat like, down now. But he was also dead. like not the biggest guy, and they put him in pink. And obviously, like we all get what's going on here. It's like oh, we're selling it as a wimp. Remember when the the days of good WCW show, bad WCW show, good WCW show, 
Like, we had some, like, middling ones, and then we just had a really great show that I urge everybody to watch. And then we just had a show that legitimately has... It could be deleted off of the network. It could just go away. And it would probably be better if it just went away and people, like, had to think about it and be like, Battle Bowl. You guys remember the one time they did Battle Bowl? It's like, oh, it's so hard to find. And it just is this, like, mystery. It would they be more intriguing. More yeah, but, like, I mean, the, the one Battle Bowl. We all remember you can't erase Starcade, even though they fucked it up a couple times. Maybe... Maybe it'll be better now that Battle Bowl has been removed from I, it. That's I honestly that is the silver lining or is that we are fingers crossed. Steaming hot pile of garbage before Starcade, so Starcade will have all the good stuff. Yeah, I will say this is probably the best Battle Bowl, but Battle Bowl Two, Muda wins, and that's just cool. Yeah, and that's just really cool because I didn't expect him to actually win the thing, and that's neat because we, you know, it's, we love Muda. Everybody loves Muda. And if we're going to let a heel win this one, Vader's already the champ. Let Steve Austin have it, damn it. Vader's so fucking, so fucking badass, though. It's okay. He'd still be badass. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So find me at least one good moment on this show. Steve Austin being good at being Steve Austin. I was going to say just little bits of Steve Austin, Ric Flair... Uh, getting on each other's nerves, yeah. planting the seeds for what would hopefully become a, an awesome feud. Love all the, even though we're down on, on the creepy thing, this is not the best, this is like, it's like Mean Gene showing up here and it's like Battle Bowl, and then he's just doing horny stuff with Fifi the whole time. It's like, bummer, but me being number one Fifi fan in all 50 states, it's nice to see a lot of Fifi. That is how ungood this show is. But I'm like, what about the pretty lady? Um, you guys, are, <laughs> you guys are missing the best moment of the entire show. Okay, Booker T does a spin uh, of Rooney. When 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 it when it happened and is we were talking about it, I, that's that, the first spin yeah, of Rooney we've seen. I bookmarked it in my brain for it to be the the moment, but then we I got the malaise of the battle bowl, and I I forgot about the spin of Rooney, and I apologize. Spin of Rooney, great. You should apologize. I do. I mean it from my heart. Remember when like. They called Cole or whatever or Kane, and then the other guy went out. They called Cole. Kane came out. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's yes, what happened. Yeah. Then they called Cole again later, mm-hmm. and Booker T came out instead. Yeah. <laughs> I should know this better, but I'm kind of at arm's length with my brothers at this point in my life as the third Cole brother. Okay, I, most disappointing. <sighs> we'll try not to go on too long here. Disappointing that... I think this show is about eight minutes longer than Halloween Havoc, and uh, this show is a hundred times... I don't even know how you quantify it, but this is a bad wrestling show. And the last wrestling show we watched was one... The last pay-per-view we watched was one of the most solid cards, talent-to-talent, and, like, bell-to-bell finishes. Feel how you want to feel about them, but as far as the work between those bells... Pretty inarguably, like, spectacular. It's the kind of shit we want to see. And there's angles. For me, most disappointing, and it's even 
equally most disappointing that I have to say the name Mean Gene Okerlund as my most disappointing. I liked Mean Gene. It's, you guys, it's so I, bad. He I, was, I was happy to see him, and the show was bad. happy to see him, but then it just kept getting worse. Yeah, I thought that those were fun, even though they were still gross. Mean Gene would make the occasional hoop hoop, you know, joke whatever yeah. in the past, and you know, have his little follow up to it, but. He, I guess, had the luxury of having Vince McMahon over him saying, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this. And in this case, he needed somebody that said, don't do this. I mean, they planned, they had to plan this out. There's all those segments. Each one of them is pretty, like, pretty, like, quick and to the point. It's not like that. he just made these up in between each one, I don't think. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There, there needed to be somebody there there saying, need someone, filter. There needed to be someone, not yeah, a filter this. saying, yeah. no, just I'm not, as, name. I'm not, not good. I'm not as hard on that as you guys are, but I do understand where you're coming from, and I don't think it's great. But I also have big old hard eyes for Fifi. I don't even know if I can pick up worse. I'm just, I'm just like, this entire show is like... And it's the best like, battle. Literally, like, That's like why I started I, with that question. Like I said earlier, like... In the King Kong, the Kongs match, like... What are they there for? Literally, I had to rewind to make sure that Dustin didn't actually pin his own partner. <laughs> because I legitimately thought that was how that match ended. And I was like, that's hilarious if it does, but I know it's unintentional. So, yeah. I was just like... Um, we normally don't say big ol' skip, but big ol' skip on this one, guys. It's definitely on the yeah. bottom of the charts. Let's go ahead and move on to best performer. I, I have a new thing. Whenever a, a show is bad and we're like, not even worth your time, we call it, we put it in the junk house. The junk house? Yes, because it's right next to the bunk, bunk house stampede. Because that will always a, be the worst show yeah. I've ever watched. This is, yeah, so this one is getting, the elevator, the old rusty elevator, is taking this VHS tape all the way down. You're being nice putting it on To the junk house. Just kick this shit down the trash chute. It's the junk house, baby. It's going down the junk house. Ceremoniously down the junk house. <laughs> down to the junk house. How about best performer of the night? Hmm. It's hard because there's a lot of... I mean, I told you guys... I told you before already. we started that when I said what about this person, you'd probably be able to figure out who my best performer was. Could you figure it out who it was from... My comments about them earlier? I mean, is it Booker T with the Spinneroonie? No. It's not. Is it Rick Rude's pants? No. <laughs> is it Steve Austin because we're all hella high on Steve Austin? Nope. Oh my it's God. Davey Boy Smith because he's the smartest <laughs> person on this entire show. <laughs> Good on you, sir. He, yes. he showed up and got yeah, paid. He did. He really yeah. did. And what's crazy is the Halloween Havoc, he impressed the shit out of me and I assume all of us. With his uh, catch work that he did with... Regal. With Regal. Because, I mean, of course, Regal is fucking, like... I love Zack Sabre Jr. And I'm, I was never as familiar with Regal. Going back and watching Regal tear it up. And sometimes you get surprised when Zack Sabre Jr. goes and has a match. And somebody's really good at catch wrestling. And it's great. Fucking Davey Boy here was, was incredible in that Halloween Havoc. And it was beautiful. Which, here I am talking about a show that was good that we already watched, so I didn't have to talk about this one. It's kind of a real um, junk house. Best performer. I'll just, I'll stick with my Steve Austin. He's the one real lasting, smiling image that I have of when him and Flair were tagging together, and he went to tag Flair, and Flair gave him this 
snooty little tag or whatever oh, yeah. as he came in and then Austin came right back behind him and had his you know oh yeah had his fist up like one of the pavilions. I'll go Austin with you as well just because really fully formed fucking I mean doing it. Doing it the fuck up. The honest answer is Austin I mean he made the final three of the battle bowl. Yeah. I mean I don't think anybody would have expected him to do that. No. Considering the names that were in I mean maybe top six but top three. That, that's impressive. So. Yeah, he's really fucking... Like I said, he's really... He's been great in ring this whole time, but he's come into his own with an incredible character that we haven't seen done this well. We've seen shitbag heels, but not one that's like this that is just like really smart and just conserves their energy and waits for the moment and is not interested in high spots or even like traditional brass knuckle or loaded foreign object heel stuff he's just of like smart enough to avoid and know when when to back out and when to come in and catch catch off guard but i mean that leads me right into most surprise surprising thing i mean it's it's austin making the final three yeah i mean that's the most surprising thing to me not to me my most surprising is that eric watts was not my least favorite person on this Sure. That's impressive. I mean, he's got to get better. There's no way he can't get better over time, especially working with some of the talent that or he has. Or Mean Gene just needs to quit being a creepy old man, so he, so Eric Watts falls back to that box. I well, know. No, it wasn't even I Mean Gene mean... that was my least favorite. It was uh, the the Kongs and Shocky. What the hell did EQ. I call him? Equalizer. Stingy Morton. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that that was moderately fun, but it didn't matter. It just doesn't. Re- it didn't. It didn't move the fucking register at all it's just like here's the thing on this entire show the only thing that even like reverberates through further storylines is the ron simmons heel turn which is crazy only thing on this entire show which is crazy because every single match is basically trying to set something up if even if they're like there was either a already feud i mean or there was already feuds that i mean Furthered those, I guess. But, yeah, but there's some but that like are just like they were already feuds, like Johnny B. Like, Bad. It's like, it's oh, new, you know, no, like, that didn't turn into a thing. No new feuds came out of this. Yeah, at all. No, because so, it, exactly. it wasn't deserving of it. Well, one was supposed to come out of it, but then it got bypassed because the red and yellow decided to come to. Spoiler alert! Pasta mania, baby. Yeah, that's not for a while though. Which one are you talking about? Austin Flair. No, that that would be uh, because Sid Vicious got fired. No, I mean, Austin and Flair, they had the sparks for a, a potential feud going here, but their feud never actually happened because when it was supposed to, Steve started getting pushed out because Hogan was coming in, and all the attention went towards Hogan instead. Oh. We'll see it play out. I'm unfamiliar, but I thought that Pasta Mania didn't happen for a while. I didn't think Austin ever made it to the main event scene in WCW. No, I don't think he did. He was supposed to be moving up, and then the talks with Hogan came in, and he got pushed to the back burner again. And, yeah, they had the the perfect gateway for it right here, this little seed that they planted on this show where they could have... He was on his, like... I think you're giving WCW too much credit. I don't think they had any clue what they were doing. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like, but he's kind of on like the. I've heard the an Brett, interview with he's Steve kind of where on he the was Brett. talking about that, where he was supposed to be next in line okay. with the Flair feud, and then he got pushed yeah. aside. I mean, I think if, because I think if, I mean, if Flair hadn't 
if Flair hadn't gone hadn't been put into the match with Vader, then I could see a Flair Austin feud. But yeah. once Flair won, I mean, spoiler alert, Flair wins the title from Vader. Like, no, I don't, that's when Austin was supposed to be. So I, I wouldn't think that they would ever push Austin that high. Yeah, it right. sounds like that was a potential plan. We will then, we will learn as we go on. Then all Hoagie came along. Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Zeus. So this week the category is what happened when. What happened when? I think I like this category. If I remember right, you probably like all the categories. <laughs> so I will name a show, and you give me the last match on that show. If you give me the answer without multiple choice, it's worth five points. If you do it with multiple choice, it goes down to three. So the show I'm looking for the last match of is Starcade 1987. 1987. Uh, I want. I'm gonna go out on a limb, but I, for some reason, have cannot remember their fucking names. So that's a problem. I want to say what the match is. Everybody will know what it is, but I'm stupid. And because I can't remember their names, I guess I will have to go to the three-point. Unless Shane has a, I'm remember, a brash no, one. I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's not as clear as Clash 21 was. I th- even uh, my guess is... I, I think my guess is wrong now, but either way. <laughs> Screw it. I'll just go for it. Why not? Because it's probably wrong anyways. Shane going to take a guess? I'm going to take a guess... Because for some You're reason, so far ahead, I just won't... Yeah. Starcade 87. The main event was... I want to say Ric Flair and Lex Luger, but I don't know if I'm right. That's just... That is incorrect. Okay. Not a terrible guess, but I think that trilogy is later. That's like the beautiful 89 of like a million tra- Flair trilogies. It's probably in there You want to go to multiple choice? So you want to track... Okay, multiple choice. Your four choices are Flair versus Ronnie Garvin, Flair versus Nikita Koloff, Flair versus Lex Luger, Flair versus Dusty Rhodes. <sighs> Nikita Koloff. That is incorrect. Ah, number two. It is Flair versus Ronnie Garvin. Damn Garvin. it! I was. Those are the two that I. We're gonna was gonna guess. I was thinking of the I Quit match, the I Quit Cage match. That's eighty five between Tully and Magnum TA. Yes, and I knew that after I was like, yeah, and I was like, no, that's it's earlier than that. And see, I was thinking Garvin and Flair was like eighty five. Yeah. So Garvin and Flair. So no points for anyone this week. But we'll come back next week and have some more fun. What is I mean, score? Score as of right now is Shane 42, Michael 21. See, you got me by, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doubling half, up on you. Halfway down, buddy. The, uh, <laughs> that's why I was like, yeah, guy, you can make the guess. And then I fucked up. I was like, Ronnie Governor, Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff would probably be earlier than 87. I think that's 86. Yeah, it would make sense for it to be 86, but I don't remember the Ronnie Garvin match at all. It is you really what like it that is. Match, yeah. I'm sure I did. I got pudding brains, guys. There's a snack pack up here. Next week, Survivor Series 1993. It feels like Survivor Series. Feels is... like it's been forever since we got to WWF. 
Shane's love of Survivor Series has made me more tolerant to it, and I am excited to take a trip to the WWF. I'm ready for Titan Tower Show, uh, even especially after this Battle Bowl massacre. But you know, <laughs> maybe couldn't get worse. Yeah, maybe then maybe the show after Battle Bowl will be Halloween Havoc '93 quality. We'll never know. I mean, we will know if we're comparing sure. it to Battle Bowl. I. Hope it's it can't, better. It, it can't, can't be much worse. worse. Yeah, it could be nothing but Mean Gene making passes at Fifi for an hour, and it would still probably be better than Battle Bowl. Yeah. But you guys don't agree with me. No, we don't. <laughs> Music from this week's show is Hellraiser One by FCD, and Vader is our Battle Bowl champion, so we'll play his song Afro Rock by Heavy Business. Ooh. Heavy Business is a great band. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at, as Michael likes to say. Uh, five stars or no stars. Exactly. And if you want to email us with any questions, comments, concerns, recipes, because we're going to, and I don't have it written down. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll look. Hell in a handbasket, Survivor guys. Series 93, correct? Yeah. Boston. Boston. Massachusetts. I don't. I feel like we rarely go to Massachusetts. Make something with apples. Apples. So if you have any recipes that possibly <laughs> could help us out with Massachusetts, Boston, that area, uh, send those in to us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Yeah. Or even on our Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling H I S T O X. Come back next week where you may or may not know our names. Oh, we may or may not know our names. <laughs> Find out if we survive. Ooh. I'll talk to you next week. Later. <laughs>